The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks Brawl Crawl Edition, episode 190 of the podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 13th, and we are here to do live commentary for UFC Fight Night 171, Jacksonville, Florida, light heavyweight contenders, Glover Teixeira, and Anthony Lionheart Smith going at it in the main event. I am joined by my co-host, all the way from New Jersey, Jeff, the animal, Wilson. Jeff, Brawl Crawl was uh, was your idea for the show name. I gotta I gotta give you credit for that. Uh, we don't want to call it Fight Companion because it's what everybody else calls it. So it's like a bar crawl, but with fighting and like probably more alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's where that term came from. And, Bill, we kind of just, you know, kind of threw it at the wall and it stuck. Bill, what do you think of this fight card so far? We are talking about Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. We're watching it live with you guys if you're following along. Sorry. Huh? What? No, I just – um, I was trying to share the link and I opened up the uh, – I opened up the video and I was hearing two of you. I'm like, I haven't had that much to drink yet. It's still early in the card. But go on. Yeah, dude. So I've been enjoying this card so far, man. Uh, I joined a little bit late, you know, joined at the end for Morales versus Benitez at lightweight. One of the last uh, fights on the prelims and they went to war, dude. It was a good fight. And then you had some, some gore at the end with Benitez's shin being basically cut open. You can see the bone. Yeah, it, man. I'm sure there were some nerves chucked in there with with the ins with you know the inside of his flesh. And Bill it was like a train wreck, man. It was gross, but I couldn't look away. Yeah, what I want to know is um, who was the person jamming the Q-tip into it, and why was he doing it? Is this how they test the fighters for the coronavirus? No, <laughs> I thought he was trying to just keep the keep his insides, you know, inside because they were falling out, Bill. Like, listen, man, we um we're gonna have to slice open your shin. It's like we 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 couldn't get deep enough with the Q-tip into your brain, so now we're gonna have to stick it into your leg. We're gonna slice you open. Um, yeah, man. What a tough son of a bitch that guy is because he's still throwing leg kicks the whole fight. <laughs> he's got blood dripping down his leg, and you didn't realize how wide open. You would think there would be more blood with a gash like that, but, like, I guess his body is, like, self-cauterizing or something. <laughs> like, it just sealed off immediately. Yeah, dude. I didn't realize how many muscles were in your leg until I had to look inside of somebody else's. Yeah, well, there's probably a lot more in his leg <laughs> since he's a UFC fighter. Um, yep. you, guys, you guys are just joining us. Uh, we're we're going to give you the time when the when the Ray Borg fight starts, so you can sync up with us if you want. Um, 
hopefully you guys will enjoy this format. Let us know what you think when all said and done. At least you don't have to listen to the the Sirius XM commercial anymore that's like i love the 90s they had like the will and grace cast and like ll cool j and uh justin timberlake on there like sirius xm really grabbing at straws man like <laughs> bill i love the 90s i feel bad for you that you didn't get to grow up in the 90s <laughs> I, I, I did grow up in the 90s jeff oh well there you go so you should miss them too <laughs> 90s were awesome there's i Blink do I found glory. Not, not. I don't miss the '90s enough to subscribe to Series XM. Oh yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I used to have a subscription because um, my buddy Sam Roberts does the uh, the Jim and Sam show on Sirius, but then, um, <clears throat> but then. Uh, you know, I my commute was at a different time, so I was missing his show, and then the the, the live stream would would always mess up, or like the app would always mess up. It was buggy, so I couldn't hear his show anyway. So I'm like, let me cancel this shit. Blake Stevenson, money Blake weather in here. I'm not hating on the '90s, bro. I'm just hating on the Sirius XM commercial. Calm down, <laughs> dude. It's I like, love Blake. Oh man, he's so, so quick to call people a hater, man. He's like. The, Quick draw McGraw with a <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that hater term out there. Yeah, but I don't know what happened. Like somewhere around 2007, everybody just started getting offended by everything. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel bad for for everybody, you know, born after the year 2007. So and also, let me make this clear. If you were born in like 1997, you the 90s were basically done by then. <laughs> the best years of the 90s had passed. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everybody started getting scared for Y2K. And just if you were born after 97, you, you're not a 90s kid. You missed everything. You missed OJ Simpson's trial. You missed the Atlanta Olympics. Yeah, you missed the where Kurt Angle won with a broken freaking neck bill. <laughs> and then he became the greatest pro wrestler of all time which you what know if the, if the ufc had been around at the time i think he would have probably tried his hand at mma i would have loved to see that uh, yeah there were a lot of rumors of it i i don't know if he was the greatest pro wrestler of all time because like i i uh, i i've never seen much of his pro wrestling and like other guys i've seen even though i don't watch pro wrestling like i've seen john cena all over the place and and other guys and I never heard of CM Punk until <laughs> until he was gonna fight in MMA. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah I, I honestly didn't. I'm not trying to. I'm not being a hater, Blake. <laughs> Just I'm like they're like pro wrestler CM Punk. I was like, who's this jobber? And then it's like, oh shit, this guy headlined WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, like, he only man, did that like one time, and I'm really out of touch. Yeah, he only did that like one time. But um yeah, dude, John Cena, he's he was like the Hulk Hogan of my childhood, dude, because he was super popular, but he couldn't actually wrestle, much like Hulk Hogan. So You know who was the Hulk Hogan of my childhood? Was it Macho Man Randy Savage? No, it was Hulk Hogan, Jeff. Oh, okay. Hulk Hogan. Who lives <laughs> just a stone's throw away from here in Clearwater, Florida. Yeah, dude. I'm sure that um you might get him confused, Bill. You, you know, maybe you mix up his skin with like 
fake leather or something. You probably come across him a few times while you were in Florida. I, I saw he just cut a promo to like come back to wrestling or something. Man, I wish he'd retire. No quitting that man. And you know who else has no quit, Jeff? Uh, Ray Borg and Ricky Simone. These guys have gas tanks for days. Uh, the only time Ray Borg ever quits is when he's cutting weight. Well, yeah, dude. Of course, Ray Borg has a gas tank. It should be easy to outlast somebody a whole weight class beneath you. Yeah, when you have all those extra carbs. <laughs> <laughs> he's got so much more fuel to burn. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this this should be an interesting fight. And um, this should be an interesting format with you and I. We've never done this before, Jeff. It's been a while since you and I have watched a fight together. Uh, we've never done it where we are watching it remotely. Uh, we tried to sync up as best we could. I think we're just a second or two off. Hopefully we can get everybody else synced up. If you want, if you want to hear our commentaries on the fight, or if you're just here to listen to us bullshit, some of you might be here and not even be watching the fights, which that's fun too. It, it's, it'd be like listening to a fight on the radio. Like it's the 1940s. <laughs> Dude, speaking of Bill, did you ever watch that movie Cinderella, man? It's got Russell Crowe. Yes, I did. Oh man. It just reminded me of uh, of like the end fight when he's fighting for the world championship and his kids are listening in the basement because they don't want their mom to know that they're listening to their dad's fight. Jeff, Dude, that's a that's a good reminded me of the old Chris Farley bit from Saturday Night Live. And he's like, You remember Cinderella Man? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. All right, we got Bruce Buffer introducing the fighters here. Um, Ray Borg being introduced right now. If you guys want to try and sync up with us, also, if you're here, which I see a bunch of you are here, let us know in the comments what you guys are, are drinking while you're watching the fights. Um, this is the, the this was gonna be the, the battle for the best mullet, but then uh, Ray Borg shaved his off, so we have to try to make weight, Bill. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you were a wrestler. Did you do that? Did you like shave all your body hair when you had to like make weight and it was tough? I had friends who used to do that, man. They'd shave everything. No, to no way. Oh shit, Ricky Simone lost a mullet too. He just got like a mohawk mullet now. Um really? Johnny, I can't find a barber, dude. Johnny L wants to know. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, buddy. Uh Simone or Borg. Let's get a pick, Jeff. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, Borg's going to have the weight advantage. I mean, he had the weight advantage yesterday, so <laughs> I don't know, dude. He weight for this fight, Jeff. It's – wait, he did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, hmm. in that case, Simone I might have a chance. Too. <laughs> Simone might have a chance here, and he's got that aggressive style where he's in your face – and he's got pace too, so yeah, be, I, be interesting. Ricky Simone's coming out of Team Quest, so you know he's he's grappling with huge guys all the time. You know he's got guys like Ed Herman and Chael Sonnen over there. Like, hey, you know, a, a guy with ten pounds on him isn't going to mean much. Yeah, dude, uh, and Chael Sonnen you has fought at heavyweight before, so that's um. It's a big boy to be throwing around, especially if you're a bantamweight. Yeah, we're seeing quick hands for both of these guys, and Simone just ducked under for a really nicely timed double leg right there. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. 
He's isolating a leg here in the top half guard. I like how he's really locking him down here, going to work on the body up to the head. Simone is fucking tenacious, man. Yeah, and it, he's someone who can keep that pace for three rounds, dude. Um, I, I just want to shout out that level change, dude, because not only does he slip with a shot, but just to get underneath somebody like that and already be looking for the takedown, just mm -hmm. one of those skills in MMA that you know shows how well a guy can put everything together. Yeah, it was really seamless. It was like slip, duck, go, and he followed through with it, just, just powered right through. Borg tries to get up, and, and Simone tried to suplex him, and now Borg reversed that position. I guess we don't really need to do like a, a full play-by-play -play here, Jeff. I don't really know what the format's going to be here, but maybe we just – we're both more of like color commentators. <laughs> we need we need a third guy. We need a John Anik. It's already, yeah. we're, we're like DC and Felder right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So I'm really liking the the intermittent fighting on the on the cage. You had Borg, who at first was against the cage, then he reversed the position, and then Simone reversed it on him. And now Borg's going going for kind of a guillotine, but Simone just able to flatten him out. Well, Matt just reminded me we didn't tell him the time. We're at two minutes thirty seconds right now. Twenty seven, twenty six, twenty five. 24, 23, 22, 21, <laughs> 20. There you go. Give you a five-second countdown, so that should be enough to sync up. Um, yeah, sorry, man. I, we, Bill and I aren't actually synced up. I'm a couple seconds behind him, so. Yeah, we uh, we don't have a producer here. We don't have a young Jamie who can just, like, <laughs> throw time up there. And then uh, we got Rogelio here wants to know if, he, if we think uh, Drew Dober will win. Um, I Yeah, I think – He's got a really good shot, but I think it's going to be a really competitive fight. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Oh, I think that's that's a tough one, dude. Hernandez is a tough dude. Um, you know, don't get it twisted. He lost to Donald Cerrone. I, was that his last fight, or did he have another one after that? He might have had another one after that. But, um, you know, don't get it twisted, man. Alexander Hernandez, up until that Cerrone fight, he was tearing up that division. Um, and, you know, he's got a lot of power for a smaller dude. And he's got a lot of pace. His hands are quick. So that's definitely going to be a tough one for Drew Dober. He does have a win over Francisco Trinaldo since that fight. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Trinaldo's another tough dude. Yeah, man. There's a lot of tough guys in the UFC, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, this, this pace of this fight is exhausting. So Simone is, uh, is getting some ride time on Ray Borg's back here, throwing some knees to the old hamstrings here. Uh, this is exhausting just to watch, you know, especially, I'm sure there's a lot of people who watch the UFC that, that train jujitsu and, and wrestle and whatever. And they haven't been able to go to the gym and stuff. They're watching these two guys like, Oh man, I get out of breath, like getting off my couch right now. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> and, and that's another thing, man. Um, I did a little bit of wrestling after I started jujitsu, and wrestling's a whole different world from jujitsu, man. Because in jujitsu, you have certain periods where you can kind of rest and take a break. Like, you know, he, right here, you know, Simone's on top, and he can kind of rest a little bit. But with wrestling, man, you're always going, dude. Well, if this were wrestling, in fairness, it would be over. Cause he, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Borg would have gotten stopped for stalling, dude. Yeah, or or no, he would have been pinned, Jeff, because he's 
shoulders are on the mat. Yeah. That's why I'm saying too. it would have been over. Uh, end of the round there just ended, and we're getting that awful Sirius XM commercial again. Yeah, dude. So what do you think so far, Bill? Because Simone is looking great, dude. But do you think he can – I know he can keep a pace for three rounds. But is he going to be able to keep wrestling like that for three rounds? Because that just looks exhausting. Yes, he absolutely will be able to keep that pace up for three rounds. Uh, the, the question is, will Borg be able to make some adjustments? Uh, you know, maybe he didn't think that Ricky Simone would come in so grappling heavy. Maybe, you know, he thought they would stand up a little bit longer. Um, but man, Simone is just so tenacious and he's got such a deep gas tank. It's yeah. like, uh, I, I have no doubt that he can keep this pace up for three rounds because the guy is, the guy's a beast. I think he's really underrated. Um, he, you know, he's got that one fight. Uh, against Marab Dvalishvili, where it kind of got called um, at the after the fight was over, he had that guillotine right at the end of the fight. Right, and I remember that. Mark Goddard from like the third row was like, he was out, <laughs> and then they called the fight off. All right, we got the round starting here. Round two, Ray Borg, Ricky Simone. We're at four minutes fifty three seconds. If you want to sync up with us. We got these two guys. Both have really fast hands. I, I noticed that in the first round as well. For the the small amount of time that that they were striking, um, they they both have lightning quick hands. Um, neither one of them are are like big power punchers, but they'll they'll pepper you up for you know fifteen minutes. Yeah, dude, they can both hit hard, man. Uh, Simone, especially, like, not only does he hit hard, but he, you know, he throws hands really quick, dude. That same piece that he had with the wrestling in the first round, he mm -hmm. can keep that piece, you know, standing up as well. And I think that's what Ray Borg is going to have a problem with. You see what he did there? He just doubled up the jab. He made Ray Borg cover up his face. And then as he covered up, he changed levels, picked him up with the double leg. And now he's right back in his top lockdown position. He's just pinning Borg's leg down. Uh, his tack, looks like he's trying to attack his arm for a shoulder lock there. Borg's rolling up. Yeah, he's, he might be looking for an Americana, Kimura. But Ray Borg doing a good job of at least getting up from there and getting out of a bad spot. Yeah, you can see the, like, the cupping marks all over Ray Borg's back. He's got doing like that, that cupping therapy where they try and increase the circulation in your back. Um, some guys just do that for like massage purposes and uh, some of them do it for like treating injuries and stuff, but some of them it's just like part of their routine. It's like a reverse massage. So instead of like pushing pressure in to the muscle, it's like pulling the blood out. Um, you know, some people swear by it. Some people think it does nothing, but like, you know, if it makes you feel better, it makes you feel better at the end of the day. Yeah, Bill. Cupping had a different definition in the 90s. <laughs> We're going to keep circling back to the 90s here, Jeff. Yeah. I miss the 90s. They were awesome. It was all punk rock and pro wrestling. The good old days. You know, we got live sports, Jeff, for only the second time in like 10 weeks right now. You keep, you keep bringing back the 90s. Yeah, dude. Don't get, it, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful, man. It's giving me something to do. You know, other than read. 
Simone is going to work, man. He's working the body. He's going up top. As far as hand speed, I feel like they've been pretty even, but it's the footwork and the evasiveness of Ricky Simone and the way he's getting in and out of the pocket that's been the difference here, and that's why he's been controlling the pace. Ford just took a big, deep breath right there. I think he's getting a little frustrated with the pace of Ricky Simone, who's telling Borg, like, come on, fight back. Yeah, dude. Ricky Simone is smiling at him while he's throwing punches at his head. And just the level change, man. I think that's that's what Ray Borg is having the most trouble with here is the way Ricky Simone is mixing everything together. You know, you, I don't know what Ricky Simone's going to do next. And that is a problem because Ray Borg is having the same one. Yeah, um, this is it. This is probably the best I've seen Ricky Simone look. Um, I want to say in a long time, but I think maybe period the best I've seen him look. Just the way he's mixing things up here, especially with his takedowns. Um, he's he's putting on a clinic against Ray Borg here. Yeah, dude, and he's not taking damage, dude. We've seen some fights where Ricky Simone has gone to war and taken a lot of shots and just had a tougher chin, but mm -hmm. you know he, he wants to avoid that today. This is smart right here, too, because he's just like weighing on Ray Borg's back because uh, he knows he's getting tired. So he's just he's letting him up, basically, but he's making him like really work hard for it and just putting all his weight on him. And that's like a really smart tactic when you know somebody's tired. Uh, Cause when you make them work to get up like that, we, we actually do a drill like that in training. Sometimes we're, we're like at the end of practice, you do it where, um, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of uh, get in a referee's position, get one guy mm -hmm. on your back and then try and like hold them down a little bit, but let them slowly get up. And it's so exhausting. Yeah, dude. Having somebody, you know, even if they're the same weight, on top of you for for a few minutes is like you said absolutely exhausting and some of those smaller guys dude they they know how to use their weight in the right spots and they feel like a heavier person dude mm -hmm. yeah man 10 seconds left in this round it has been all ricky simone keith peterson man he came in uh kind of late on the show i hope he was doing like a power hour beforehand <laughs> chugging some beers backstage smoking <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> what, do what do you think he smokes he's a he's a marlboro guy uh, cowboy killers nah dude i say he's a newport light guy man <laughs> or or he smokes one of those brands that like nobody like hears about anymore like mavericks no, you know what the answer is? He rolls his own cigarettes. <laughs> he 100% rolls his own cigarettes. He has like like a big sack of tobacco. <laughs> He's probably given himself a few of his own tattoos too. <laughs> that I would believe. Keith Peterson is going to come like uh, Chuck Norris. Like there's just going to be so much lore surrounding him. Uh, a bunch of you guys tuning in. Thanks. I, I didn't expect... Uh, I didn't expect anybody to, to watch this while you're watching the fights, if you are watching the fights, uh, but feel free to participate in the comments. Uh, we're checking them here. Let us know what you guys are drinking out there for sure. Um, all right. Easily, I got, and they're showing a big overhand from Ray Borg and some big shots that he landed, but uh, easily Ricky Simone has this one in the bag if it goes to a decision. Yeah, man. I wonder what Ray Borg's corner is going to tell him to do here because he doesn't have any answers, and I don't know if his corner does for, for the strategy that Ricky Simone's coming out with here. 
They were just in the corner like, you shouldn't have made weight, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have cut that last four pounds. It's really dragging you down. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just left Matt Temple's comment up here calling us noobs. By the way, I want to give a shout out. I hope he's listening to my buddy Fletch. Uh, I got to credit him with the idea for doing this because he asked the other day if we ever thought about doing like a fight companion thing. And, um, uh, you know, we've kind of done them before, but we've been in person. It's a little easier. And then we usually end up getting too drunk and then, and then there's like, there's like dead Eric. It's awkward to fill. Um, but you know, we're, that's why I wanted to do a little later in the card starting off, but shout out to Fletch who, uh, listens to the show. Always supporting us up in Ohio. I think he's coming down to visit pretty soon. Hopefully as long as his, uh, travel plans don't get affected by everything that's going on. We almost just had a double knockout right there in this fight. Oh, yeah. That would have been sweet, dude. A great cap. <clears throat> but, yeah, Bill, that first brawl crawl was fun, dude. Remember we were we went to that spot called Sushi Burrito, and we got some sushi burritos? <laughs> no, I don't remember that because we, we drank that cannonball Captain Morgan after – Another awesome takedown by Ricky Simone. That that's some serious power to be able to just lift a guy up like that and then just like shoot right through him. That's just like an all power move. That's all lower back strength right there. Yeah, oh. Ricky Simone's a strong dude, man. And Ray Borg's defense is just trying to smack him in the ears. He's like, "Get off me, man!" Well, he's trying to offset his balance, dude. It's not working. Ricky's no. <laughs> been all over him. He's been all over Ray Borg, like Ray Borg all over a buffet. Yeah, dude. Oh, Borg switching position, getting on top, though, here. Uh, I think Simone let him. Yeah, he's like, let me think he's let me let him think he's winning for a second, and I'm just gonna get up. Holding on to a single leg here now, just dumps him on his head. <laughs> The wrestling from Ricky Simone is relentless here. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to do that while you're underneath someone like that. Oh, man. He's attacking the wrestling like uh, like Keith Peterson attacks a case of Bush Light before <laughs> fighting. Do you know where Keith Peterson's from? Is he is he for out of Jersey? Because I think he's called a couple of fights up here. He's he's all over the place, man. I, if he was a pro wrestler, they would bill him as from parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a big fan of Keith Peterson, by the way. I I I'm still annoyed that um you know there was so much controversy with that Dominic Cruz call because I I do legitimately think he's the best ref working right now. Um, yeah. A lot of people are quick to say Herb Dean because that's what Joe Rogan says, and you know if Joe Rogan says it, it's gospel. But oh, dude, but if Bill Walker says it, it's actually true. Yeah, dude, Ricky Simone takes a head kick and then pretends that he's gonna go down. Oh man. Dude, Ricky Simone is is quickly becoming one of my favorite fighters just from this fight. I I'm I'm enjoying no mullet Simone. Yeah, I think there's more oxygen getting to his brain 
and and he can think better. I think it improved his fight IQ to get rid of that thing. Yeah, you you know how they have all those nicknames like Sea Level Kane and Dad Cowboy. Um, now it's got to be like No Mullet Simone. Yeah, dude. No Mullet Simone will fucking wrestle your ass to the through the mat. I believe it, dude. Oh, nice jumping knee right there. These guys just talking to each other right now. I think I've enjoyed that too, Bills. Being able to hear the corners and like the fighters responding to them and stuff. Like that, you probably can't. You don't get anywhere near that. I love you know, how Ward talks shit and then he completely shells up with both hands. <laughs> well, that's his only weapon that he has left. <laughs> it's Finn's most effective technique in this fight. I, I, um, it, you know, that last round was probably the closest round, but I would still give it to Ricky Simone. Um, 30 27 um easily there um there's there's an argument for a 10 8 in that second round um he looked awesome man um so while we wait for this decision which we're, we're gonna have to wait until we actually see a hand get raised because we don't have the, the sound on let's talk real quick about that last uh arlovsky fight um arlovsky looking good man i thought that Linz was gonna uh, steal that decision at the end just because Arlovsky was backing up so much. Um, he was landing a lot more, but you know, I try to think about what the, what the judges look for and they tend to look at, um, they tend to look at guys backing up and, and count that like really significantly, but I'm amazed at Arlovsky's ability to just watch punches whiz right past where his nose used to be. And he doesn't even flinch. Yeah, Bill. I mean, that fear left him many, many years ago, along with his nose. <laughs> and I think, I think his <laughs> after that nut shot, man, his package is probably looking like his nose right about now because he took that, he took that hard one. Yeah, dude, that one put him on the mat for a few seconds. Right, right in the dick. It's it. He he got his dick kicked back to Belarus. um (laughs) bunny matt temple here uh with no crowds we're hearing the impacts clearly is it possible the refs are also hearing this differently yeah definitely um you know if you're hearing like those thuds and you're not hearing the crowd reaction over it maybe it sounds worse than it is um so that that might lead to some earlier stoppages and things like that and ricky simone got the decision here i couldn't hear what the score was but I'm going to assume it was 30-27, 30-26, somewhere in there. Um, winner by split decision. I'm just watching this now. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that some things aren't affected by the crowd. Wait a second. Like judges scoring. Who? Oh, man. <laughs> like, they were like, oh, yeah, I got to give it to the guy that used to have a mullet, which happens to be both of them. Yeah, dude. On weight, Ray Borg. Couldn't get it done, man. <laughs> but no mullet, Ricky Simone. Man, who the fuck scored that fight for Ray Borg? I want that. I want that judge's name and address. Yeah, dude. He got he got ragdolled for the first two rounds. I could maybe see an argument for Ray Borg getting that third round. Like maybe, yeah, but even then it'd be like 29 28 for Ricky Simone, yeah. 
I I mean, in all honesty, I wasn't I wasn't paying as close attention as if I were scoring it, but I probably would have given Ricky Simone a 10-8 in that second round. And some bonehead thought that Ray Borg won that fight. Ridiculous, Jeff. Ridiculous. Anyway, um Arlovsky with a big win over um you know, up and comer Felipe Lins, who, you know, had his moments in the fight. He he landed some big shots on Arlovsky too, but Arlovsky just like showing that veteran power in there. Um, I've always been amazed at at Arlovsky's ability to stay in the pocket and just avoid big shots uh, and, and counter. And it's like he sees everything, even when he gets hit with stuff. Even when he gets hit with stuff, uh, he sees it. Yeah, dude. It's like he's getting he's getting his nose pushed further across his face, and he's still watching for like where he's gonna land his counter strike. Um, but Arlovsky, man, that dude's been around forever. He's been fighting since the nineties, I think. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was another good part of the nineties, Bill. Four <laughs> um, people who were UFC fans at the time. <laughs> yeah, we just keep bringing it back. Um, I remember, I remember, dude, Arlovsky was fucking scary back in the day. Uh, I mean, he still is. Like, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when he was, like, first coming on the scene, it's like, oh, because I remember they were worried about, like, what are we going to do when Chuck Liddell is gone? So they started building up this, this, they made him seem like a Russian, like, demon. Like, oh, man, this, this Russian's coming over. Like, what's he going to do? And. He was fucking, he was leg locking people uh, with that Sambo background. Like we, we'd never seen anything like it before. <laughs> Matt says with the impact sounds, uh, <laughs> they should, they should uh, dub the impact sounds with Batman cartoon sounds. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Dude. Um, speaking of leg locks, uh, this dude, Tiago Moises, the fight before Andre Arlovsky, getting mm-hmm. uh, a, a really nice ankle lock over Michael Johnson in the second round. Uh, Bill, did you catch that one at all? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, real quick before we get into that, uh, J.J. Lawson just commented, what time does Anthony fight? Well, we've got one, two, two more fights before the main event, buddy. Um, yeah, I saw that fight. Michael Johnson looked phenomenal in that first round. Um, you know, lightning fast hands as always beautiful sprawls trying to avoid going to the ground. Now we know why, um, because Moises sprints across the cage at the start of the second round, just dives on a leg, um, basically did everything wrong from a wrestling point of view. Um, you know, shoots for an outside single, which is, you know, you don't want to do that in MMA or even jujitsu, um, that that's something that should be strictly for MMA. I mean, strictly for uh, wrestling. Um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of reasons for that. It leaves you susceptible to a lot of things, but yeah, I guess he just wasn't worried about anything. Michael Johnson had to offer in the grappling department because when he couldn't finish that single, he just dove under, grabbed a leg. They were calling it a heel hook. Uh, Bruce Buffer announced it as a heel hook, but, uh, to me, it was an ankle lock that he just rolled over on. Um, it, it kind of looked like Michael Johnson wasn't defending it, but then when I watched the replay, it looked like um, 
it looked like the glove was in a position where it was sticking so that he couldn't pull his leg out. And that's, that's like the difficulty of grappling with the gloves, but it's also the advantage because it's hard to get your hand into the position. But then when your hand is in the right position, especially for leg lock, leg locks and stuff, it makes it like a little sticky. Um, so you're able to crank those things a little bit more. Um, but yeah, man, that was a nice move. It was definitely more of an ankle lock, Achilles lock, uh, than a heel hook because, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't wrapping his wrist around the heel. Um, <laughs> But maybe they'll adjust that, or maybe they'll just leave it in the books as a heel hook. Or maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. All are possibilities, Jeff. But uh, what did you think about that one? Yeah, no, it was a good finish for Moises. And like you said, Anthony Johnson looked great. I mean, Michael Johnson looked great in that first round, was able to avoid the takedowns. And, you know, that the takedown that did land, it, like you said, uh, Johnson didn't go down, but Moises kind of bailed on the takedown. And, you know, started uh, using his legs to lock up Johnson's leg. So, you know, credit to Moises Jiu-Jitsu uh, because his wrestling needs work, Bill. Uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess get it to the ground by any means necessary uh, when you're getting pieced up like that on the feet. Um, yeah. And then it, you got to remember, too, Michael Johnson's an accomplished wrestler. That's how, that's how he started in the sport, too. So it's not like he'd be easy to take down. It's just like you got to grab a hold of him and then like fall to the ground. It's, a, it's your best shot to get him there. Um, Bill, what you just described sounds like pulling guard, and you know I hate that. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say the words because it makes it, it it makes my stomach turn when I say the words pulling guard. Um, <laughs> but I know some people listening happen to enjoy such tactics. It's not what jujitsu is meant to be, Bill. Pulling guard is is like uh, is like drinking alcohol free beer. Yeah, dude. The first time I saw that, I didn't understand what it was. I didn't I, know it existed. I still don't understand what it is or why it exists, Jeff. You know, they say every time you pull a guard, God kills a kitten. I believe it. Some people really hate cats. Yeah, man. I'm not a fan of them, but all right, we got Drew Dober and Alexander Hernandez here coming up next. You know, I almost forget that there's all this shit going on here. And then you see like everybody standing around with the masks. Yeah, dude, the cornermen, the doctors. It's got to be such a weird feeling because you're surrounded by all these people with masks and then you get in a cage. Uh, across from somebody you you have to fight and they're not wearing one and the referee's not wearing one. Um, so that's gotta be like in the back of your mind. Uh, I, um, I like this matchup a lot, Jeff. I think, uh, they're, they're really evenly matched. I think it may have been a better fight if, if it was Alex Hernandez before he kind of got humbled by uh cowboy. Um, I would definitely give the, the knockout power advantage to Drew Dober. That guy's got dynamite in his hands. Um, Hernandez maybe a little bit more well-rounded. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. I, I like this guy that I keep seeing. He's, he's right behind 
Hernandez right now. He's got the white beard <laughs> sticking out from his mask. And it gave me an idea like they should they should make masks with like fake beards attached to the bottom. So it looks like you got this badass biker beard. And then you and then you come out of uh you come out of the grocery store and take your mask off and you're beardless. Yeah, I, I wanted to order a mask that looked like um, the one from Bane, the one that Bane wore in um, The Dark Knight Rises. Thought that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. They don't make those yet, Bill. A guy can only dream. They had to get that guy a different mask because everybody's wearing those white ones that look like the N95, like medical masks. And then that guy's the only one wearing like a white, uh, a black cloth mask. I guess his beard was too much for the uh, for the official masks that everybody else gets. Yeah, I don't think the cameramen are wearing masks. It must be too uncomfortable for them. Here's this guy. I don't know why. I don't know why this guy draws my attention so much. This guy with the white beard. All right, we got the tail of the tape here. Uh, you know, everything's pretty similar. They're about an inch apart. Uh, Alexander Hernandez with two inches of reach. Um, yeah, pretty standard. I mean, it's funny to see these guys at 155, they're five nine, five eight, and then you see like these lightweights are like six two. I mean, these featherweights are like six two. Like this seems this seems normal. Like you're five eight and fight at one fifty five. But then we're seeing lately like a lot of these like really tall fights. Yeah, dude. I I don't know how you make that weight, man. They probably torture themselves. <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Um speaking of masks, since Matt reminded me if, if anyone is in need of masks, uh MarcellaGifts.com. Uh so maybe the last time you hear me plug that on this show, uh, but we, we do make them. So if you are in need, uh, we got you covered. MarcellaGifts.com. Yeah, and you guys got some nice new designs. I saw a Florida Gators one on there. Yeah. Um, so what what wound up happening was we just made them all plain colors in the beginning, and then people started making all these wacky requests. And if we can get our hands on the fabric and enough people want it, um, you know, then we – then we send them out. I, I wound up learning a lot about like copyright things too, where it's like the person who made the fabric pays the licensor. Uh, so then after that, you know, you can use it and, and sell it. All right. We're underway here. We got uh, some quick kicks coming out right off the bat. We're at four minutes and 48 seconds of round number one for anybody who wants to sync up with us here, Drew Dober and Alex Hernandez. These guys are fighting like uh, like they're social distancing. They're throwing kicks from six feet away. But I think they're just trying to feel each other out and, and find the range. Yeah, they're like they're like they're like swinging at an invisible person that's standing in between them. Yeah, dude. But I'm liking Alexander Hernandez here, Bill. He's light on his feet. He's moving around a lot making it hard to be a target i i i really wonder like because this is really making me think about it like you 
you've spent the last how many weeks like trying to stay away from people and like, yeah, they're, they've been training and sparring and, you know, having secret training sessions and doing whatever they have to do to stay in shape as professional fighters. But like everywhere they go out in public, they have to stay away from people. Nice takedown from Hernandez. They're really, um, really <clears throat> persistent with that one. Drew Dober trying to spring back up. He's walking up the cage. Um, but yeah, you, you spend so many time, like it, it's like your, your brain starts to think like, I need to stay away from people. And then you're in a cage fight. So it's, it, it's gotta be a strange feeling. Yeah. I don't know, Bill. I, I've enjoyed my time away from people. <laughs> so that's where you go with this. Yeah, I I don't care if I never have to go to another toddler birthday party personally. Yeah, but I do miss training, man. Yeah, I I haven't missed it as much as I thought I would. All right, so Luis, Leonardo, Leon, Luna Rejo wants to know who win, bro. I need bet. Who you got, Jeff? You sticking with Hernandez? Yeah, I I think Hernandez has got something to prove, man. I don't think he's fully recovered from that Cerrone loss. Mm. All right, so Luis, if you want to go with Jeff's opinion, he's picking Hernandez. I'm saying Dober. Uh, so then if you lose, you have one of us to blame either way. Yeah, or bet on both of them. Then you yeah. don't lose. There you go. Hedge your bet. <laughs> here we go. Our buddy Fletch finally joined the show here. I've always thought that they should have booze at toddler birthday parties. You know, sometimes they do, Fletch. Uh, you know, the responsible parents who are considerate of other parents do have alcohol. But sometimes you show up and it's like, I should have I brought a shittier gift. You know? <laughs> That's why, like, Jeff, I've been to enough weddings in my life where uh, I won't fill out the check until I get to the wedding now. Because if I show up and it's some kind of bullshit like a cash bar, I'm deducting, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not coming with like a fully filled out check anymore. Cause I've been burned too many times. That's totally fair, dude. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if it's not open bar. Don't invite me. Um, this, um, brawl crawl as we're calling it is open bar. However, Jeff, I happen to be sipping on some Eagle Rare bourbon right now while I'm watching Drew Dober and Alex Hernandez sling leather. Um, Dober's definitely been the aggressor here. Uh, Hernandez is trying to pick his angles. Um, he's doing a good job circling out, but he's still been uh, backing up for a majority of the round. Uh, Dober landing the bigger power shots, but Hernandez had that one takedown. Uh-oh, he stunned him there. He's seeing double right now. He's seeing double Dobers. Jeff, you still with me? Yeah, I'm just uh, delayed, so I'm I'm waiting to get up to that part. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like a cup. I'm like six or seven seconds behind you. Okay. Well, when we're done with this round, I'll I'll pause it for six seconds. Flex sipping on San Adams pork rock, uh, porch rocker. Dude, Sam Adams is one of my favorite breweries, man. They got they got something for everybody. Good stuff, man. That's like a summer beer, Fletch. You ready for summer already? 
Yeah, dude. I, I gotta that. say, I think uh, I think Dober took that one. I'm gonna pause for six seconds so Jeff can catch up here. But yeah, but yeah, I definitely saw that round for Dober. Um, and Hernandez looks just a little bit out of it. Not not like starched, but need some help getting back to that corner. He he definitely got stunned. Like he he got stung with that uh, with that left hand there. It got caught him like right between the eyes. Um, so yeah, man, double dobers. That's got to be a scary thing, man. You're fighting two Drew Dobers. Like one of them hits hard enough. Oh yeah. Fletch is Fletch is done with winter. Screw this winter nonsense. That's why I moved to Florida, bud. No more snow for me. Lived in upstate New York for five years. Um, I've had enough snow for one lifetime. Oh, I thought you grew up in upstate New York. No, Jeff. Well, Westchester's not upstate New York. Like sure? I thought you were from New Rochelle. What happened? What? Yeah, that is not upstate New York, Jeff. Oh. See, this is this is <laughs> are you just trolling me right now? Bill, I'm from Jersey. To be upstate New York is everything outside of New York City. Yeah, that's what everybody from the city thinks. Like anything north of the Bronx is upstate New York. I I went to school in Albany, which is which is only like halfway up the state. Like that's not even and that's two and a half hours north of Manhattan. And that's not even technically upstate. Yeah, but Albany gets cold, dude. Uh, we got an eye poke here. Oh, it's game Jeff, over. Your, your buddy Hernandez is cheating now. Bill. Oh, wait, it was over. We got a double eye poke here? Wait, what's going on? It's an eye for an eye situation. They eye poked each other at the same time. That's awesome. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, dude. A double eye poke. All right, since I had to pause it so Jeff could catch up, we got to Yeah, up yeah up, so we're good. I'm on 449. I'm at 444, so I'm still a little bit ahead of you. Well, when I started that sentence, I was at 449. But when you finished, I was at like 445. Ooh, Hernandez rocked again. Yeah. Dover's stalking him, man. Yeah, he's picking his shots. Oh, caught him clean on the jaw right there. Hernandez is in panic mode right now. Shoots for a takedown. That was a desperation takedown right there. He's definitely wobbled on his feet right now. Yeah, and Dober doing a good job of not rushing into anything, picking his shots. Yeah, he's being patient. I love the way he's just like skipping along, circling with him. Never crosses his feet. It's They seem like about the same size, but Dober just seems like so much more dense. Yeah. Like he's got he's got like a lot more power behind him. Ryan says we're forty seconds off. We had to we had to pause a few times because you know we were trying to sync up with each other before we started and it was just a mess, you know. So Whew, these guys are slinging at each other. I want to see that double eye poke again. I hope they show the replay of that. Yeah, dude, eye pokes suck, man. I've only ever been poked in the eye one time, but dude, you start seeing like white and it just sucks, man. Was it a finger that poked you in the eye? Yeah. Thank <laughs> God for that. <laughs> the the worst eye poke had to be the um uh, 
Katzengano Megan Anderson when she got the toe in the eye. Dude. And then she just couldn't open it. Thank goodness she's okay, man. See, that, that'd be one of my fears if I were a fighter is like, you know, somebody like eye pokes you or something the wrong way and then it just messes up, you know, your cornea or whatever. You end up like Michael Bisbing. Yeah, dude. How crazy is that, that he, he fought his last couple of fights with one eye? Yeah. Yeah, he beat Luke Rockhold with one eye. Man, this round is all dober. Hernandez so many times here. Yeah, dude, I don't see I'd be surprised if uh if Dober didn't finish Hernandez in this round. He's able to like every time Hernandez tries to counter, he's able to slide that jab right underneath his Dober. Big left hand right there. He's not putting everything on every shot. So oh Oh, just put him down. Yeah, that left hook was nice. He's still staying patient, too, because he could swarm on him, but he's not. He's picking his shots. Hernandez with another desperation takedown, kind of pushed off the fence there. Yeah, but it landed this time, so this could be some good recovery time for him. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got a grappling advantage, I think, but, you know, that's without getting rocked nine times. Damn, Fletch got shot in the eye with a paintball gun. That's some crazy shit. Eleven surgeries. Sheesh, dude, you're a fucking cyborg at this point. You're not yeah. even a human being. Yeah, you dude. have night vision in one of those eyes after eleven surgeries. <laughs> Damn, I, I. All right, it's kind of at the point where, you know, the refs got to be thinking about stepping in here, even though Hernandez is still on his feet. Still shooting takedowns, but like he's like, he can't let him take many more of these clean shots to the face. Yeah, Herb, yeah. Herb Dean steps in. Good call. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's a tough one, but you know, Hernandez isn't even arguing it because even though he he shot a takedown off of one of those big punches, it's still like, it's still like, um, you know, you can't can't keep letting him take all those punches in the head. I'm glad Herb Dean stepped in right there. Yeah, that was the right call, man, because I think Hernandez was just on autopilot at that point. Well, Luis, wherever you are, if you, I doubt you're still in here, um, but if you made your bet and you listened to me, yeah, I just won you some money. And uh, if you listen to Jeff, um, I don't know, I can send you his address. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you a 43 cents. <laughs> yeah, that's probably all it was. Like, I, man, I got to make this bet on DraftKings, like the, the 25 cent uh, pick them. Damn, watching the, the replays of this, he landed so many clean left hands. Yeah, dude. I mean, credit to Hernandez for taking those shots, but also. Like, uh, you know, move your head a little bit. Yeah, and credit to Herb Dean, man. He he stopped it right or like right after you started saying um, that he should step in. So good call, Herb. Not that you can hear me right now. Yeah, 
You know, it'd be fucked up, Jeff, if I actually like if my stream was like a little bit ahead and I saw that he stopped it and I, <laughs> and I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm just talking like I'm watching a live like, oh, Herb Dean should really stop it here. And then I look like Nostradamus. But uh, that's not the case, Jeff. I, uh, I'm watching it as live as I can. Um, as, as far as some of the viewers have told me, I'm behind some of the illegal streams here. Just for the record, I am paying for ESPN Plus uh, in case anybody from the UFC or ESPN is somehow listening to this broadcast. Uh, in any case, if you're just joining us, MMA on the Rocks Brawl Crawl, uh, first time we've ever done this, remotely watching the fight together. Uh, and let us know what you're drinking while you're watching the fights, please. I'm drinking some Eagle Rare bourbon right now. I just finished this funky Buddha Floridian beer, which is a Hefeweizen light beer. Uh, we got Mark Fellows saying good day from Sydney, Australia. What's up, Mark? Mark, what time is it over there? What time are you guys watching this right now? They got to be like uh, 12 hours difference. Probably like 11 in the morning there. Bill, it's Coach Bill. Coach Bill in the house. We got people all over the world tuning in here for this. This is crazy, Jeff. Yeah, Bill. Oh, it's, it's 1 p.m. in Australia, Bill. Oh, that's pretty close. I said it was 11 a.m. I'm two hours off. Not bad mental math right there by me. Yeah, yeah. awesome performance by Drew Dober. That's kind of uh, how I saw this one going. Uh, well, good afternoon to you, Mark. He's drinking a pale ale from the growler that he posted on Twitter. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Yes. Now I remember he did. He tweeted me a picture of the, uh, the growler he was drinking, uh, from a local bar that just reopened for takeout and he was able to get, uh, growlers. It's always awesome. I encourage everybody to, uh, you know, support your local restaurants, support your local breweries. Uh, you know, during all this uh, craziness here with this pandemic, uh, because at the end of this thing, you know, all the Applebee's and the chilies and, and stuff like that will be fine. Uh, you know, take care of the, the businesses in your community. Um, you know, drink local beer, eat local food, get takeout from them, curbside pickup, whatever you got to do. Now you go back to restaurants in Florida. Uh, if you're dining outside, uh, in any case, we don't want to get too into that. We got Paul Paul Felder on the broadcast here. He's he's got like this awesome looking blue suit, right, Jeff? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm jealous. It looks good on him. The guy looks phenomenal. But then he somebody posted a picture of him on social media. He's got like wool socks on and sandals <laughs> with his suit. Does he really? Yeah. Oh come on, dude! I'm not creative enough to make something like that up, Jeff. Um. Anyway, well, we got a little break here. Thanks to Drew Dober. Uh, we can get into uh, some other things here. Brian Kelleher had an awesome performance earlier on the card. Uh, just uh, He had a rough first round against Hunter Azure, um, and then he landed a, a nice left hook where he slipped. He slipped a punch, and then he came up over the top with the left hook, and it just landed clean, man, put Azure right down. Um, Chase Sherman with a really impressive performance. 
in the curtain jerker. Um, he had a uh, a nice knockout of uh, Isaac Villanueva, UFC newcomer, and Chase Sherman. I think this is his third run in the UFC. Was he caught twice, or was it just one time? I thought I, I think this is his third time coming back. Any confirmation on that, Jeff? Uh, not totally sure. I know he's been cut at least one time. I think you told me it was two before, but I didn't go back and check. Yeah. Uh, well, he looked good, man. He um, he was real patient, picking his shots. Uh, the couple of times he did rush in, he got clipped a few times, but then you know he kind of backed up nasty, heavy leg kicks. Uh, it was a really great strategy from Chase Sherman, a really composed Chase Sherman. Uh, and it, his striking was really crisp, really clean. Coming off a, a three-fight win streak outside of the UFC, so he got invited back. Um, so good for him, man. It's somebody that, that doesn't give up. And they were saying on the broadcast, too, um, he, he had lost his house, and uh, his, his wife and kid had to, had to move into his parents' house for a little while. And, you know, he got cut from the UFC, like, all at the same time. And then he got a job as a firefighter, so he's he's following the Stipe route now. So he's working as a firefighter, training full-time. Um, you know, crazy time to be a firefighter right now. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. So, Bill, um, I actually have a lot of respect for firefighters, dude. You know, to be, and I'll say this a million times, uh, to be able to run into a burning building to save somebody you don't know, I think is so noble. And their, their, um, their schedules are weird, if you don't know this. Um, so they work two 24-hour shifts during the week, and then they have five days off. So... <laughs> Not a bad uh, route if you want to train MMA full-time. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely affords you the opportunity for that free time. Um, you know, I, I spent seven years as a volunteer firefighter back in New York, uh, and our department was split, so it was um, half professional, half volunteer. So I, I got to know a lot of those guys, and, and um, most of them had other jobs. You know, They would be like general contractors or photographers or other things with like flexible schedules. Um, Jeff, it looks like our buddy Mark, for, all the way from Sydney, has a, a similar taste to yourself because he's about to pour himself a Lagavulin 16. Uh, he was wondering what I'm sipping on. Uh, I'm drinking uh, Eagle Rare Bourbon. You can see I'm at the tail end of it here, Mark. Um, this is great stuff. Uh, it's one of my go-to bourbons when I can find it. It comes out of the Buffalo Trace Distillery in Kentucky, um, which, you know, their their products are just hard to find. I'm going to pour, pour a little more while we're talking here. Um, their products are just hard to find. I don't know how difficult it would be to find in Australia. I don't know how much American bourbon circulates out there. Um, but if you can get your hands on it, um, try it out. What are your thoughts, Jeff, on... Uh, on someone across the world who not only enjoys fights like we do, but also enjoys uh, similar beverages. Yeah, dude, Mark, I'm all for it, man. I love a shot of Lagavulin. Um, I actually got into it because I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan. Uh, so I'm a fan of Ron Swanson. And then I found out that he that's actually the drink he prefers in real life. So tried it, loved it, had to put Bill on it too. Uh, 16 year is great. I've had the 20 as well, but uh, 16 years super smooth as well. I really like that one. Yeah, man. 
Uh, fortunately for Mark, he doesn't get uh, a lot of quality bourbon over there in Australia, which is really unfortunate. He says Jack Daniels is considered good over here. Oh, <laughs> man, I feel for you, buddy. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's because you know they just don't have a taste for it, or if it's just difficult to import. But you got to make your way over to the states when all this craziness is over. And uh, we'll, we'll introduce you to some good bourbons. Um, we got uh, Big Ben Rothwell and Ovin St. Prue up here next. And, um, man, looking at the stare down here, the size difference is not as big as I thought it would be because Rothwell is a huge dude. But uh, Yeah, but so was OSP apparently, man. Yeah, I didn't think he was that big until, uh, you know, seeing him next to Rothwell. Um I thought this was going to be like biting off more than he could chew. Yeah, this is the fight I've been looking forward to most this evening, you know, outside of the main event. Um, think Ben Rothwell, such a skilled grappler, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. And so does OSB, man. He's a good grappler, too. What's he got, like five or six Von Flu chokes in the UFC, Bill? Yeah, I believe they call him Von Prude chokes now because he's got <laughs> he's got more Von Flu chokes than Von Flu. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that he's got that nasty shoulder pressure. Good luck getting on top of Ben Rothwell though. Um, cause, cause you know, not a lot of people end up there. Uh, coach Bill, of course, uh, criticizing me for drinking bourbon. Uh, he says, who needs bourbon when you have whiskey? Uh, I know he's not a fan. What are you sipping on over there then coach? If, uh, if, if, if the bourbon's not good enough, I, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta come up with a strong response here, but yeah. Uh, but both of these guys, really good grapplers. Um, Ovin St. Prude, just like a phenomenal athlete, you know, played, played football for, um, some team. I don't know. John Anik would know that this. this is why we need the John Anik guy on here, Jeff. We can't have two color commentators. We need <laughs> John Anik. We, huh? Oh, you hated John Anik. No, I've never said that. Oh, di didn't you hate some reporter? Some MMA reporter? Was it Ariel Helwani? Is it uh, we, we don't say his name on here. Who, Ariel Helwani? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to make that guy famous. Um, well, yeah, he's already famous for being an MMA reporter. Mark is picking OSP here because he likes the speed and the athletic advantage. Um, you know, Rothwell had a lot of time off there. He's had a long career, taking a lot of damage. Uh, that could be a big difference. That's a great point, Mark. And uh, Coach Bill sipping on a post-workout water. All right, cheers, Coach. And, um, Jeff, who you got in this fight? What are you thinking? Oh, man, dude, as, as, you know, as a big dude myself, I got to go with Ben Rothwell, man. Yeah, going Big Ben. Yeah. All right. I, I think we'll just keep up the trend. I'll go the opposite way as you, and I'll go with OSP here. Sounds like a plan, Bill. You know, I was I was actually thinking, Ben, until I just saw the stare down that they showed, and I saw that the size difference was not as big as it was in my head. <laughs> yeah, OSP looked a little taller, but... Yeah. Other, yeah, man. Um, I thought it was going to look like me standing next to the mountain. <laughs> yeah dude um yeah but osp osp is quick too man so it's definitely gonna be good yeah he, he 
man, this is really an interesting matchup. Like if you, it, it's just one of those things like you never thought about happening because even if you thought about OSP moving up, like there's so many smaller heavyweights they could have matched them up against. Like I, this matchup would have never crossed my mind if it wasn't actually about to happen, which makes it really interesting. Yeah, dude. When's the last time Ben Rothwell fought, actually? Now you mention it. Look that up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Stefan Struve on, uh, let's see, December 7, 2019. So December. Oh, okay. But before that, three losses. Andre Arlovsky, that really close decision loss to Blagoy Ivanov and uh, decision loss to Junior Dos Santos. Um, yeah, and then he had a he had a long suspension somewhere in there, so uh, not tremendously active. Let's see, are there any other fights on the undercard we didn't talk about? Sajara Eubanks looked good. Yeah, uh, yeah, her cardio held up really well, and uh, I think she made weight as well. She did, but um, she she just acted like an asshole at the end of the fight, like she. She like clearly won, clearly dominated, and then the fight was over. And Sarah uh, Morass was trying to get up, and she like kneed her in the ribs. Like, man, that was a dick move. It's oh, like, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Wow, yeah, it's so hard to root for her because like constantly missing weight and like constantly like I get fighting with a chip on your shoulder, but like don't be an asshole. You know, yeah. be respectful. When the fight's over, it's over. Like you, you kicked her ass. Like there's. What do you got to get one more cheap shot in for? Yeah, dude. I'm not a fan of Sarah Morris either, but I agree with you, Bill. I don't like the unsportsmanship. Yeah. Like you said, man, being an asshole will get you nowhere. Yeah. And also, Morass's uh, nickname is Cheesecake, and she missed weight in her last fight too. So there's something to be said for that. All right, we're, we're, we got the uh, fighters being announced here. OSP just got announced. I got to wonder why they have like the big monitors on. Like, is it just for dramatic effect? Like they, it, it had to cost a little extra to plug those in. No. Oh, good call. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. They got like all the, the, uh, the banner screens all around the arena going. Um, maybe they're just trying to stay sharp the production crew. All right. So they just introduced Ben Rothwell. We got Dan Mergliata. He's a good there. rep too. I like him. He is. This is his first fight he's refing tonight. I I don't remember seeing him earlier. Nah, I th I think I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think I, I remember seeing him earlier. If anybody knows the answer out there? Let us know in the comments here. Um, let's see. And all right, we got the touch of the gloves, and we're off here. Four minutes, fifty-five seconds, round number one. If you guys want to sync up, if you're just joining us for the brawl crawl episode. Of MMA on the rocks. Yeah, man, the height difference is is pretty close. They said Rothwell is 6'4", Ovens is 6'3 and a half. Mm. And it, I think you're right. It looks like Ovens is a hair taller, but I think it's just because Rothwell kind of hunches over a little bit, like he's got worse posture. Yeah. Ovens St. Prue just has that athletic posture that I'm so jealous of because I'm – I have like that Quasimodo posture. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, OSP is very erect. 
in his posture. I don't know if I'd put it that way. <laughs> you had a long pause before you said in his posture. Um, so Adam Fletcher, um, <laughs> going back to Sajar Eubanks as the topic. Um, so Adam, I disagree. I don't think that, um, I don't think that Sajar Eubanks even makes it to fight Nunez. I don't think, uh, I don't see her doing too much in the band weight division. Uh, she's a good fighter and she hits hard, but I think that somebody more technical kind of, uh, gets the up on her. Yeah, she almost got armbar. Man, Rothwell is landing some big shots on OSP. And OSP doesn't look like he wants anything to do with it. <clears throat> yeah, dude. He looks like a little hazy-eyed right now. Jeff, did you purposely pause when you said he was very erect? Or Yeah. Oh, okay. Why not? Just for, I did it for a dramatic effect. Oof. I I like how Rothwell is is making OSP back up and then he'll swarm him and then he'll back out. Um a different approach than, than we're used to seeing from Rothwell, who will usually like stand and trade with anybody, uh, like he did with Blagoy even off, but um you know, he felt he won that fight and it was really close. So maybe he thinks now he's got to fight smarter, especially with a, a quick athletic guy like OSP. Yeah, but OSP is doing a lot of backing up, a lot of retreating here. So mm -hmm. based on just that alone. Well, the strategy there may be like he didn't have to cut any weight for this and he knows he's got the athletic advantage. Maybe he let Rothwell chase him around a little bit. Uh, that could be the strategy there. Uh, and then wait for him to take a deep breath and then kind of swarm on him. Um, he is, he is using his feints a lot to make sure that that Rothwell doesn't continue to swarm. Oh, uh, Rothwell going to lock up that 10 finger guillotine he's known for. This is what he got, uh, Josh Barnett with. Yeah. Th this is one of his bread and butter moves here. Yeah. He's got that front headlock on OSP. He's forcing OSP's head down with his gut. It's a nice move. Nice move. Weighing heavy on his shoulders. OSP is not very erect right now, Jeff. No, dude. And <laughs> and Rothwell's doing a good job of softening up that body with some shots to the ribs here. <laughs> Dylan joining the chat says OSP looks like shit. All right. <laughs> <way> put it. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Let me put that comment up here. <laughs> He, he put it a lot less delicately than I did. Um, yeah, man, Rothwell might be tiring OSP out here right now with the way he's weighing on him in this uh, front headlock position here. He's really going for that 10-figure guillotine, but uh, OSP's defending it really well. Uh, See, so he's doing the two-on-one, blocking Rothwell's other hand so he can't connect his hands, uh, but he's not swiveling his head around that arm so he could stand up, and he's carrying all of Big Ben's weight right now. Uh, yeah. Which is not something you want to be doing. Yeah, that Nick's going to be tired, man. Bill, sometimes God doesn't give us technique. He just gives us a big gut to for top pressure. Hey, you got to use what was given to you, right? There, OSP got himself back up now. Yeah, but he's looking a little tired, man. He's not, he's not moving as quick as when the round started. 
Dude, I'd be tired too if I just had Ben Rothwell in a front headlock on me for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming near the end of round one, I'd say uh, pretty safe to say it was all Ben Rothwell. But with uh, with the way one of these judges is looking at things tonight, uh, you never know. That one judge probably just gave it to OSP. Yeah, dude, that call on that Ray Borg loss was ridiculous. He's writing it down right now. He's like, yep, yeah, OSP. Got that one, I think. <laughs> oh man. Um, so pretty interesting fight. I'm still kind of like it, it's still kind of surreal to see these two in the octagon together because it's just it's just not something I ever considered. Like I I never thought that OSP really had the frame to move up to heavyweight, but uh, you know, I guess he he put on some muscle and and he's a big boy. And now that he's doing that, um, you know, J John Jones definitely has the possibility to move up to heavyweight if he can stay out of jail. Yeah, Bill, that's a big if, man. <laughs> yeah, the way things are going now. Oh, all right. Well, we're getting ready for uh, round two here. Shout out to the U.S. Army. OSP looks pretty light on his feet. Uh, it looked like he got kind of worn down in that first round. He's not as like ripped as we're used to seeing him at light heavyweight. Yeah, I just noticed that too. He's looking a little chunky, bro. Well, in this fight. Yeah, you need those carbs at heavyweight. Yeah, that's totally fair, dude. Mark says OSP is, he would describe him as inconsistent. That's very fair. Yeah, I agree with that completely he's got some fights where he looks like he could be a light heavyweight champion and then other fights where he doesn't yeah it's like he's one of these guys that it, he either shows up or he doesn't where he'll have a, a phenomenal performance or it's just like man did he just leave his will to fight at home and it, it looks like he's kind of leaning towards the ladder right now although he's starting to at least throw back that's the third head kick this round He's throwing at Rothwell. What's dangerous is that Rothwell keeps leaning his head into it. Like he's trying to block the head kick with his head. Well, you, I think he's confident that he can catch it too. Cause when he took OSP down in that first round, he caught the head kick. It looked like, yeah, but it, is he going to catch it in his teeth? <laughs> like I, I, I'm not like a, um, I'm not a world-class striker or anything, but, um, you know, I do teach the occasional Muay Thai class. I've never taught the strategy of uh, stopping a head kick with your head. This is a new one for me. The Ben Rothwell master class. So what you do is you lean your head into it and you headbutt their foot. What do we got over there, Jeff? Who's texting at a time like this? Who's not watching this fight? That's my battery is at 15%. So. Oh, I need somebody to finish this fight and then I need to finish in the next fight or I might not make it to see the end of the next fight. <laughs> Your phone's like, I'm dying. Yeah, dude, it was at a hundred percent when we started recording bill. <laughs> and what happened? Yeah, I probably have the brightness turned on too high. Your phone is like that guy at the end of reservoir dogs. I'm fucking dying. 
<laughs> and Harvey Keitel combs his hair. He's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to live. <laughs> I love that. That's, what, that's how he makes him feel better. He combs his hair. Oh, OSP is tied up in a clinch with Rothwell right now. That is not where you want to be. Yeah, he's eating some knees. Yeah. Rothwell heard that erect comment, and he's been working on destroying OSP's posture ever since, Jeff. Yeah, dude. I mean, the knees will do it, though, especially Roth from that clinch. Rothwell stalking, man. OSP is breathing heavy. He's breathing completely out of his mouth. I don't know if that's because he's really tired or if he's got like a partially broken nose because he's got a lot of blood coming out of his nose too. He's a, he's like not even backing away. He's like stumbling away. Rothwell coming in with some big shots now. I think he smells blood. Yeah, OSP might have a broken nose here, man. He's breathing completely out of his mouth. Like he's not even closing it. Yeah. Yeah, his mouth is totally open when it's in this uh, these exchanges. So, <clears throat> Fletch says his nose is fucked. Again, much less delicately than I put it. <laughs> Mark wants to know predictions for where Fight Island is going to be. Do we think it's uh It's probably like that island that Leonardo DiCaprio owns. Oh, Shutter Island. No, that was a movie, Jeff. Oh, okay. And he didn't own that island. He was just like in an asylum there or a doctor in an asylum there or both. I don't know. You'd have to watch the movie to find out. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers here. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking. Uh, no, definitely go check that out. Is DiCaprio one of the shareholders of the UFC? Nah, I doubt it. I think Kenny Chesney. Oh, shit. OSP just. Ooh. He just walked into a left hook. And he's, he tried to lock up a guillotine. Now he let Rothwell up. He probably probably should have kept hitting him and not, not went for that neck. Kyle joining the conversation here. He says both guys kind of irrelevant, especially OSP at heavyweight. Why? Um, I don't know. I'm enjoying this fight, though. Um, I, I don't see either guys making a title run. At heavyweight, so you're right there. But um, you know, it's a fun matchup. They're both uh, they're both still have the names. Ben Affleck, um, Fletch tells us, is a shareholder. Um, I, I don't think Ben Affleck owns an island, though. Maybe Tom Brady does. I know Tom Brady's a shareholder of the UFC. I could see Tom Brady owning an island. Yeah, he's got to have one somewhere. He's probably on it right now with with Giselle. No, bro. He's in Tampa right now getting kicked out of parks. Hmm. Did you hear about that on the news? No. He was like in the park working out and they, they, like the park ranger or something had to come kick him out. Of the, the park. Listen, if Tampa doesn't make it to the Super Bowl because of this bill, whoever that, that person is, that park ranger is, is, is screwed. Yeah, imagine being that dweeb. It's like, <laughs> come on, you fuck. If you let Tom Brady do his jogging in the offseason, and we would have won this game. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's going to have to drive down to the Keys and swim to Cuba if that's the case, man. 
Oh, man. All right, we're just kicking this third round off now. We're at uh, 4 minutes, 45 seconds. If you guys want to sync up, if you're just joining, MMA on the Rocks Brawl Crawl, uh, Fight Companion, whatever you want to call it. And OSP is lighting him up with these straight left hands. What do you mean he's running from him? Dude, have you seen all the left hands he landed, though? Yeah, but he just sprinted clean across the octagon to get away from Ben Rothwell. Yeah, dude, it's because you it's like you just threw six big rocks at a grizzly bear. You're not <laughs> stand there. <laughs> <laughs> you throw the rocks and then you run. You don't have to be faster than the bear, you just have to be faster than the slowest person running from the bear. That is totally true. <laughs> yeah osp landed some big shots in this round but he's taking some too I, he might be regretting this move to heavyweight he's like you know maybe that diet wasn't so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh rothwell with a nasty body shot nice combination keeps going back to this tie clinch rothwell is unleashing now man he's had it with osp fed up with his shit <laughs> He's like, you know what? I've had enough of your shit. Oh, man. Yeah, he's beating up that body, dude. And you know that OSP definitely had some extra pizzas making a weight for heavyweight. Well, I think that's the only thing saving him right now is those pizzas. If he was at light heavyweight and, and had abs, it, it might have took the wind out of him. <laughs> All right. So as much as Blake was was breaking our balls before, I saw he just he just shared the link here. So if anybody here is here because Blake sent you, Blake's a hater. <laughs> Mark says that Big Ben is just too big. Sometimes, Mark. Sometimes that's all you need, man. Yeah. Sometimes. Man, Rothwell is really tearing up that body, though. Oh, damn it. Hold on. I got to refresh. Oh, no. Now we're going to be out of sync, Jeff. We went from in sync to the Backstreet Boys. And to give you another 90s reference there. Meanwhile, OSP is just bleeding all over Ben Rothwell's back. Like the the whole world is trying to stay six feet away from each other, and and these two guys are in a cage, and one of them's blowing blood out of his nose onto the other guy's back. Oh, he just stunned Rothwell with a big left hook there. He rocked that big boy, and then a head kick. These guys are throwing. This is actually. I'm surprised that, that Ovens is still putting up a fight here. He's stinging Rothwell, too. And, Jeff, now I got to do the play-by-play because you can't even see the fights. Did you get it back up yet? Hold on. Give me a sec. Oh, you got it on your phone? Yeah. Do you think if I shared it that I'll uh, – if I share the video that I'll uh, get sued by the UFC? Yeah. Yeah. If not them, definitely ESPN. Yeah. My luck, I'll get sued by Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> or like fucking Nemiroff. 
<laughs> like, damn it, I'm financially ruined by a shitty vodka company. I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of heavyweight, who's there to speak of right now other than DCA and Stipe and Francis? Who really doesn't deserve another shot, in my opinion? Uh, I'm just going to post Kyle's comment because here we go. Um, in, in all honesty, I think uh, I still think Rosenstrike is is relevant. Um, I think it was too soon for him to get in there with Nganu, Um, but that, that dude is still legit. Um, you know, anybody could get caught by Nganu. Uh, but I would like to see him work his way up. Oh, Rothwell got knocked down right at the end of the round. Ooh. ooh. Oh, oh yeah. looks like he's going to puke. But, man, he just never quit. He kept coming with those those left straights. I gave the third round to OSP, but, uh, you know, Rothwell already won the first two. But, um, you know, like I said before, who knows what's going on with these judges? Yeah, <laughs> dude. They thought Ray Bork won. <laughs> I mean, OSP was doing something at the end of, of the second round. He was definitely, you know, putting up a little bit more output. So it could go either way. I, I could see it going for OSP, actually. But I, I'd like Rothwell to win. It it would be a tough it'd be a tough argument. And then um, you know, Rothwell lost that fight against Evenoff that was really close, and a lot of people think that he won. A lot of people think that um that Rothwell should have won. Um so that would be two like decisions that he kind of got fucked on um as of late. I guess good point, Kyle. There's not too many people in the heavyweight division. Um, and I'm thinking about it. Uh, there's, uh, you know, that guy that used to play football. We don't talk about him on here. Uh, they seem to be building him up pretty slowly. Uh, so he'll fight a few more tomato cans, and then he'll be in the mix. Um uh, Let's see. Mark says two to one Rothwell, but OSP could have stolen the second round. See, I thought OSP could have gotten the third round. If you think he could have gotten the second, Rothwell does not look uh, confident. Yeah, dude. These guys look exhausted. It looks like it's going to be a split decision by the way Rothwell is shaking his head. Yeah, somebody's getting screwed here, man. Well, Rothwell got it. Let's see if it was a split decision. Since we can't hear what's going on here, DC's coming in. Yeah, split decision. So one judge thought OSP won. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the split here. Uh, I thought that OSP definitely. I thought OSP definitely got the third round, and the second one could have gone either way. Uh, just because of the finishing sequence for that, OSP was coming alive a little bit more at the end of that second round. I mean, I, I like the old, um, I like the old pride, uh, way of scoring where like the third round would count more. Cause like, it, you know, the thought behind it was if it's a fight to the death, you know, the guy who can still fight back more towards the end of the fight would be the one who would be more likely to win if there was no time limit and they were, you know, actually fighting to the death. Um, and it, that seemed to be, OSP in this case, 
Um, I still, I don't, I don't, I mean, he hung in there with like a legendary heavyweight and went the distance, got a, a split decision loss. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I, I still think I'd like to see him move back to light heavyweight, but then again, there's not a whole lot of people in the way at heavyweight. If you know, a championship is, is, is his only end goal. Um, you know, maybe heavyweight is the way to go because there's, yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, yeah, impressive performance from OSP because moving up to heavyweight uh, against a a legend like Ben Rothwell, who's just been around forever, uh, you know, wins over Josh Barnett. Um, you know, was considered a title contender at one point, and then, you know. Usada or, or whatever help whatever else happened. All right, man, we got the uh, the main event coming up here. I don't think there was anything else that we had to cover from the undercard. I think we pretty much nailed all of that. Um, what do you think, Jeff? You want to talk about who's going to win this main event? You want to uh, preview Saturday night's card? What are you feeling, kid? Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the card we got coming up here. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't talk about uh, Fight Night 172 uh, without talking about the absolute tragedy that happened to Walt Harris, um, who's going to face Alistair Overeem. This fight was supposed to take place a couple months ago. Um, and, man, it, there, there's no there's no bigger tragedy in the world than a parent outliving their kid. Um, you know, that's been the case that, you know, all the way back to like the Greek tragedies that were written, uh, it was always the most tragic thing that could ever happen. Um, I mean, granted it, it was a stepdaughter, but you know, he raised her and, um, I can't imagine how he was feeling that whole time she was just missing because it was a long time. Uh, before they, they wound up finding her. And, uh, you know, unfortunately she had passed away, but you know, Walt says that what she would want is for him to keep on fighting. So that's what he's got to do. Uh, it, it, it's really hard, you know, especially as a parent, not to root for Walt Harris here. can't imagine what he's going through. Uh, global pandemic lost his daughter. He's got to get in there with an absolute monster in Alistair Overeem, uh, who may not be the fighter that he used to be, but still one of the most dangerous men walking the planet Earth. Um, it, it's a really interesting matchup, Jeff. Um, so what do you think? Yeah, dude. Um, huge credit to Walter Harris for taking this fight. Um, not an easy opponent at all. Um, and, you know, he's going through some tough stuff, dude. And... Um, you know, but don't don't get it twisted, man. Walter Harris is a tough dude as well. We've seen him in a couple heavyweight fights already. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like stuff like that just builds a toughness inside a person that cannot be matched by just hitting them physically. So, <clears throat> you know, Overeem's got to be careful too heading into this one. Yeah, man. Walt Harris has some serious power. Um you know, his last two fights knocked out Alexi Olenek and uh, Sergei Spivak. Um, so he's he's got some serious power, man. Uh, he's a big boy, too. 6'5", 250-something. Uh, 
so that that's going to be a fun main event. That's that's a fun heavyweight fight. Uh, so I guess those are two guys that are still relevant in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, if we see a big performance from Walt Harris, who, you know, he's 36 years old, which, you know, in the heavyweight division, that's still a spring chicken. That's like, and it, it, if, if that's, uh, if that's in the Bellator heavyweight division, he's like a preschooler. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Uh, all right. We got Glover walking out right now. Uh, let's, uh, take a look. We got the, uh, Co-main event, Claudia Gadelia and Angela Hill. Uh, is that the co-main event, or am I looking at this out of order? Uh, that's what it looks like to me as well. Uh, yeah. Credit to Angela Hill, dude. This is like her fourth fight this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. She's like she's like every other card. I feel like Angela Hill is on it. Um, it it's going to be interesting, man, because she's made so much improvement. Uh, Claudia Gadelia has an amazing set of skills that I feel like haven't evolved that much in the last couple of fights. Um, you know, even the fight she's won in, she's won kind of doing the same things. Um, I think her base skill set is probably uh, a little bit better than Angela's, a little bit more well-rounded, but I think Angela has made more improvements as of late. So I, I think that's a really interesting one. And then um, uh, what do you think about that co-main event, Jeff? Yeah, it looks good, dude. Um, I'm a fan of Claudia Gadelia. I feel like she's well-rounded. Um, but we'll see, you know, if she's added anything to her arsenal because we know Angela Hill definitely has. Uh, you know, Angela Hill had a bit of a rough start, a little hot and cold starting out her UFC career, but she has strung some nice wins together um, in quick succession because of how often she's fighting. So, um, dude, I'd be a little worried if I were Claudia Gadelia. Um, you know, we see fighters like Donald Cerrone who are just durable, man. And, and you know, that that's uh, kind of a skill within itself is being durable and being able to be so active. Uh -huh. So I, I think Claudia Gadelia is going to have a lot of work in front of her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can't teach heart. Um, real quick before we continue with this card as Anthony Smith is about to walk out right now. Uh, Mark is asking if we have predictions for the main event. He's taking Smith by stoppage in the first. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Hmm. I, I think Smith, if he does stop, but I think it'll be second or third round. Um, but Glover Teixeira could also finish it in the second and third round, Bill. Uh, what you were saying on, on Monday, uh, really got me thinking, man. I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, Glover is just one of those guys that, like, every time you think you can count him out, he just reminds you why he's been here for so long. Um, and his last three fights, he's got victories over these young and up-and-coming guys who are supposed to run through him. Um, I think Anthony Smith is a little bit more mature than those guys, um, and maybe we'll play it a little bit smarter. Um, you know, that performance against Alexander Gustafson was awesome. Um, I think he learned a lot in his fight with John Jones as well. Um, yeah, man, you would kind of like to see Glover make one more run at it. Although, you know, he's 40 years old and let's be realistic. Even if he, if, even if he wins, this would be four in a row. Even if he wins five in a row, I don't think a lot of people would be clamoring for that rematch with John Jones. Um, just because it wasn't really 
competitive, but I don't think people would be clamoring for a rematch with John Jones and Anthony Smith either. Um, even Smith said like, He's he's not even gonna call out Jones if he wins this fight. He's he wants a rematch with Tiago Santos, which I love. Um it's just like there's not it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody I'd want to see John Jones fight again, except maybe DC at heavyweight. Yeah, man. Uh it's looking like Jones is starting to clean out this division, dude. The only person I'd want to see him fight again besides DC is maybe Tiago Santos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with two, you know, intact legs. Um, but yeah, dude, John Jones has been like generations of fighters at this point, you know, started out beating, um, you know, Shogun Hua and Lyoto Machida. And oh, now, yeah. And now these, you know, up in new, new competition, like a new generation, essentially of um more well-rounded mixed martial artists like Anthony Smith, um Tiago Santos and I don't know man Dominic Reyes. Yeah, Dominic Reyes. A lot of people um, immediately say like, "Oh, well Dominic Reyes won that fight." Well, no, not, he no, no he didn't. Not according yeah. to the history books. Yeah, I think a lot of that is is emotional like people don't like John Jones. Um Kyle thinks that Anthony Smith is a tough dude and sees him winning easily, but he thinks people sleep on Glover. Um, yeah, I got to agree there. Cool, man. Glad to see a lot of you guys participating so much. What's everybody drinking for the main event here? Got a nine-year difference between these guys, Jeff. Anthony Smith, 31. Glover Teixeira, big 4-0. Mark, did you finally pour that Lagavulin or what? What's going on, buddy? <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree, Kyle. I think that uh, that Smith and Santos would be a good fight to make after this one. Jason Herzog in here. He's one of the more underrated refs, too, I think. Yeah, you don't hear his name a lot. Which is a good thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> if they're talking about you a lot, you're fucking up. All right, Bill, I need somebody to finish this fight in the first round because my battery's on 5%. Why? Can you get a charger? Not one that's long enough. <laughs> oh, man, Jeff. We, you gotta get an, do you have an extension cord? Oh, yeah, I do. Hold on a sec. <laughs> we got to MacGyver this thing here. All right, Jeff's pausing right here. Let me hear what you guys are drinking. Fletch is still drinking the porch rocker, and he thinks Smith is taking this one. A lot of people picking Smith. Mark finally poured that Lagavulin. I'm going to pour myself another uh, Eagle Rare here for this main event. Man, I've been going back and forth on this one. I really don't know what to think about it because, um, you know, my my gut tells me that Anthony Smith – will win this one handily, but then, you know, my head gets in the way as it often does and starts thinking about just how durable Glover Teixeira is and how many fights he's won that he shouldn't have won, especially recently against these young lions. Now he's in there with the lion heart. Uh, let's see what's going to happen here. Anthony Smith, Looks very intense right now. 
He's like just pacing back and forth. Like Jeff pacing through his room looking for a charger for his phone so he can actually watch this main event. Uh, let's see here. Nobody else is drinking on here. Just uh, just Mark and, and Fletch are the only ones having a drink and myself. What's everybody else drinking out there? You guys just uh you guys just listening to, to a booze podcast and drinking coffee? I guess it is a weeknight, but you know, all the all the rules about uh drinking during the week kind of went out the door with this pandemic. All right, we got this fight kicking off here. We don't have Jeff back yet. Smith definitely the aggressor here. No surprise there. A lot of feints from both guys. All right, bro. I had to I had to change the angle because <laughs> I couldn't get my extension cord out fast enough. So couldn't get it out fast enough, huh, Jeff? No. So, <laughs> so I just I, I just moved my laptop over to my bed. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well Jeff's while Jeff's getting situated here, we got a, a pretty quick start from these guys here. Now Glover's backing Anthony Smith up here. That's kind of surprising because he hasn't really thrown anything except like 400 feints. But, you know, whatever signal he's sending with those feints, Smith is just slipping his jab right through Glover's guard. It looks like he already busted his nose up. Oof. I think Smith is realizing he has a real speed advantage here. Glover's nose is, is, is already pretty butchered. Matt Temple yeah. making a course light. Matt, don't you listen to anything I say in supporting local breweries? Stop buying that course light. They're going to be all right through this thing. Go over to Crooked Thumb or uh, any of the 45 breweries we got in the area here. Yeah, Bill, Florida's like a mecca for breweries. Is it? Is it something in the water? It really is. No, I think it's just... Um, it, it's just like such a laid back state and laid back people like making beer. <laughs> I think that's what it's really attributed. It can't be the water because the water is shit. Oh, I believe it. Actually, I know it. I've tried the water down there. Yeah. You got to have a water softener in your house and you got to have a water filter. Yeah, that stuff from the Everglades is no good. Fletch says Coors Light is trash. We got fighting going on in the comments, Jeff. This is a first. I'm amazed we've had so many people sticking with us for this whole thing, Jeff. I got to be honest. I thought it'd just be you and me talking, watching the fights here. Yeah, that's what I was prepared for. But Glover Teixeira laid in some hard shots to the head and body of Smith, making him back up against the cage. Well, looks like we got a dick shot, Bill. Yep. Second big one of the night. Let's see. Over to Shara. Ah, head. Back of the head. That wasn't to the body, Jeff. That was uh right in the old uh right in the old lion heart. Yeah, right in the old factory. Right in the old lion hearth. <laughs> <laughs> the lion heart baby maker. Taking a big blow right there. All right, so Jeff, would you rather be uh, Anthony Smith right here, or would you rather be Alex Hernandez seeing double dobers? Mm. I'd, I'd rather be. I think I'd rather be Smith right now. You think so? Yeah, he still has a chance, bro. He's doing 
he's he's doing like Bikram yoga over here because he can't mm-hmm. feel his balls. That'll be all right. That's what they wear cups for. He's squatting and hopping up and down. He's trying to drop them back into his cup. <laughs> Does, <laughs> the, his balls are shaking hands with his stomach tattoo right now. <laughs> Dude, go over to Shara. Getting a good look at him. He's getting chipped up, man. Yeah. But then, uh, but then Anthony Smith got chipped in the cup. Yeah, dude. All right, here we go. <sighs> All right, see, we got a few new people on right now. So we're at the main event here. Anthony Smith, Glover Teixeira. We're at two minutes and 20 seconds of the first round. If you want to sync up with us, MMA on the Rocks, Bar Crawl, Fight Companion. Or brawl crawl, rather. I keep saying bar crawl. Man, Anthony Smith is just cutting right through Glover Teixeira's guard like it's not even there. His hands are just so fast. It's like Glover is parrying after he gets hit. That's how fast Anthony Smith is punching him right now. Yeah, dude, really good hand speed from Anthony Smith. Yeah, and, and we know he carried that power up with him from 185, too. He's he's a guy who made a really good transition uh, moving up in weight, and that's a big jump, too, because that's a 20-pound difference. Uh, so that's, you know, you got to make a really conscious decision to, to make that kind of a leap in weight. But he's looked good, man. He had that hand injury after the Gustafson fight, had to take some time off. He got his house broken into at a fight a dude that broke into his house. That's got to be fucking scary, man. Oh, yeah. I think I remember hearing about that, dude. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Even if you're a trained fighter, you don't know what they have, you know? Could have, like, a knife or something on them. Or they could be on meth. Angel dust. It's a factor, dude. He said it was the hardest fight he's ever been in. Apparently, the guy was, like, a collegiate wrestler. Too, and Anthony Smith said he had a hard time holding him down. That's nuts, dude. That's got to be the hardest fight ever because if if you're losing a fight inside a cage, like nobody's gonna potentially kill your family. Yeah, but if it's some smuck inside your house, who over just landed a big looping left shot, looked like he rocked Anthony Smith, sent him flying into the cage right there. Yeah, he's looking hurt, man. Telling Glover's a fucking dog, man. You can never count that guy out. Yeah, and Glover's Glover's starting to loosen up a little bit here. He's, he's moving his head a little bit more. Glover's always been one of those guys. He needs to get hit a couple of times before he wakes up in the fight, you know? He's been around forever, man. Used to train um, in San Luis Obispo with Chuck Liddell and John Hackleman. And those guys, he was he was one of Chuck Liddell's like original training partners um, at the pit. They called it. Uh, it was this gym that uh, that John Hackleman started. It was like at the top of a hill, and he used to have those guys like with wheelbarrows full of rocks, like running them up the hill and stuff. But um, you know, I heard some I heard a lot of stories about Glover in the gym with Chuck. They got a bandage on on Glover's nose. 
in the corner here. I've never seen that before. I guess they they were just trying to dry up the blood. Um, but that's a new one for me. Usually they just wipe it off and give it a little Vaseline. Yeah, dude. And Bill oh. Kyle is bringing up the um, Jan Blahovich. Good call, Kyle. I actually forgot about him uh, just because he hasn't fought in a while. But, man, his last fight, I think it was, where he broke Luke Rockhold's jaw. Yeah, he he's someone who could be a contender for Jones. He's got the power. I think uh, Blahovich is actually – he won another fight after that um, and won impressively and then was calling to, to uh, fight John Jones. Who did Blahovich beat after Luke Rockhold? Somebody look that up. Jamie. Jamie, look that up. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Ian Kutalaba, maybe. Uh, I could be wrong. Was it? Anybody? Anybody on that one? Kyle? Bueller? Bueller? Um, yeah, it was definitely impressive because I remember everybody was talking about him fighting John Jones. Right after that. And even John was like, yeah, I want to fight Jan Blahovich. Was it Jacare? No. That was earlier. Wasn't it? I know he I know he did beat Jacare, but was that in his most recent fight? <clears throat> so but Bill Tashir is coming out with some leg kicks here, which I like. You know, slow down Smith's movement because Smith has been able to get in and out pretty quick in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Glover, he's so experienced. He he adapts, man. Oh, it's Corey Anderson that that Jan Blachowicz knocked out in the first round, his last fight. Then before that, Jacare, before that, Luke Rockhold. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's an impressive. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an impressive row. streak. Yeah, because Corey Anderson was getting ready to fight for that belt, too. Oh, here comes Glover with the old man strength throwing clubs at Anthony Smith. He's like, I'm still here, man. I'm telling you, Glover is just one of these guys. He's just, like, even when you think he's out of the fight, like, he's he doesn't know that. Yeah, dude. Try telling Try telling Glover he's out of the fight. He'll come back and choke you out in the fifth round. Oh, yeah. I remember when he lost that tooth one time and he kept fighting anyway. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. I, I want to say that was against Rumble Johnson. Well, if he only lost one tooth against Rumble Johnson, that's a win. Yeah, dude, I, I just remember him getting this uppercut, or, or it might have been Gustafson. Don't quote me on that, but I remember a tooth flying out of his mouth in one of his fights. Oh, Smith is really putting it on now. But you know what? He, he He's landing these big power shots clean on Glover, and Glover's like, I'm still here, man. There's something to be said for that old man strength, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, that's the last thing to go. Kyle says he'd like to see them roll. I would too. I mean, they're both legitimate black belts, uh, but Glover's like an old school black belt. Damn, they're throwing leather right now. Fletch says you were right. It was Rumble that knocked out Glover's tooth, Jeff. 
Yeah, dude, I just remember this uppercut from hell, man. I'm wondering how this episode is going to sound for people who just listen to the audio later on and they don't know, they're not going to know everything. We're kind of all over the place. But um, it's fun. We're hitting that two-hour mark now, Jeff. We haven't done one this long in a long time. I have a lot more respect for Joe Rogan never taking a piss for like those three- and four-hour podcasts because I'm starting to get there. My eyes are floating. <laughs> Man, we got a war on our hands here, bro. This is a fucking slobber knocker. Yeah, I'm glad I hooked up my charger, man. My phone wasn't going to make it through this. <laughs> the extension cord saves the day. <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't even have time to go get it. So, but we'll be all right, Bill. Found a way. We figured it out. We, we worked through it all. Does um does Anthony Smith have two dots tattooed on either side of his belly button, or does he have <laughs> birthmarks? I just noticed this. It looks like he has like two perfectly placed dots. Oh, I, I didn't see that, but I don't know. At this point, dude, he's more tattoo than skin. Oh, Glover with a nice spinning back kick right into the abdomen. That was nasty. Now Glover's dropping his hands. This is a fight, man. See, a lot of people thought Anthony Smith would come out and just blast Glover, but you don't know. Oh, but he, he knocked out his mouthpiece at the end of that round, though. We got a fight here, gentlemen. Oh, yeah, we're going into round three. This is about to get good. Not that it hasn't been good up until this point. Yeah, Anthony Smith looks tired, man. He's up against the cage. I don't know why he's leaning on that stool. Like He's got a, his foot up on that stool. I don't know if his leg is injured. Might be, man. He's taking some big, deep breaths in the corner. Got a big old ice bag on his neck. Yeah, and he was eating some leg kicks that he didn't feel like checking. So, oh, they're showing the replay where he just posts on Glover's head and then throws a big hook to his ear. And then Glover landing flurries. Man, this this fight is awesome. Yeah, dude, Glover landing some tight shots in the corner here. Smith is feeling it, dude. Yeah, Glover's got a, a mouse under his left eye. I don't think it's going to swell shut from where it's located, but uh, he definitely feels it because you saw him blinking really hard. Yeah. I would love to see this fight go to the ground. I, I would really like to see some grappling exchanges between these two because they're both really good black belts. I think, I think it would be a matter of like, which one of them ends up on top. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I would give that second round to Glover. I, I'd have it one apiece right now. Yeah, I think so too. Teixeira was definitely a more active and you backed up Smith uh, up against that cage quite a few times in that second round. Let us know how you guys are scoring it out there. Uh, if you agree or not, seems like Jeff and I are on the same page. Um, just like we are about uh, John Jones beating Alexander Gustafson in the first fight by decision. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, Kyle brings up a good point. Props to uh, Anthony Smith for, for fighting number eight. Oh, shit. Anthony Smith just got dropped hard. 
He's taking some big clubbing shots. Glover's on his back now. He's looking for that wrist control. He's going to peel that wrist down, try and put the choke in. Let's go to the choke. He's going to go to mount. And he's dropping some bombs on Anthony Smith. He's hurt, man. He's not letting Glover. He's defending the choke really well, but he's not really trying to get up, man. He's in survival mode right now. This is not good for Anthony Smith. Big old Glover bombs dropping down on your head. Yeah, and Smith's just kind of giving up his back whenever he's not getting punched in the head. Yeah, he's t he's giving up his back to take a break from getting punched in the face. And then he rolls back over. Man, you do not want Glover Teixeira on top of you. This, this dude is real heavy on top. He's really good with that head and arm choke, too, which it looks like he's trying to set up here from the mount. He's using the punches, and he's covering Anthony Smith's face. Oh, Smith just rolled him over, though. Yeah, good use of the cage to get out of that really, really bad spot. Mark thinks it's one-to-one. -one. Smith won the first round. Glover's definitely taking the third. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a 10-8 at this point because he almost finished them there for sure. Anthony Smith is bleeding from his ear. That can't be comfortable. His ear is a mess. Yeah, and Glover is not letting up here, man. Just using that top pressure and just raining down, dude. Teixeira's got a good ground and pound too, man. Mm -hmm. Smith is doing a good job defending here. He's got the two-on-one on, on Glover's wrist. Uh, you know, he's not letting him control him. But Glover is just like taking whatever opening he can, kneeing him in the kidneys. Glover's putting a beating on him. How's that nine-year difference feel now? <laughs> there's, yeah, something, dude. there's something to be said for old man strength, Jeff. Yeah, man. I had Glover Teixeira all wrong, dude. Hey, I was telling you on the last episode, man. Glover's just one of those guys. You can't count him out. Like, just when you think you got it in the bag, I mean, Smith was lighting him up in that first round. Look where they are now. He's wearing a Glover Teixeira backpack, getting a shit punched out of his ears. Look at that. He might have a burst eardrum, Jeff. Yeah, dude. I, or like some exploded cauliflower ear. But I, I mean, let's hope it's that. Let's hope he's not bleeding from his inner ear because uh, that'll throw off his equilibrium. And when they yeah. stand back up, that'll be bad for him. It looks like it could be the cauliflower ear that burst. Could be coming for it looks like there's some trickling from that top part of his ear, but then there looks like more is coming out of the inside of his ear. That's really yeah. bad news of something burst in there, man. Yeah, dude. And that takes a long time to to grow back and stuff, and it never grows back the same, dude. The cauliflower ear bleeding, you won't even feel that. He won't even notice it tomorrow. Oh, man, Glover's doing a great job of just, like, staying active on top, staying heavy, heavy hips. It's just that that old-school black belt pressure, you know? It feels like you have a 350-pound man on top of you. Um, if you guys have never felt that kind of pressure before, it's, it's, uh, it's really uncomfortable. 
Mark apologizing to Glover didn't give the old man enough respect. Yeah, Mark, I'm with you. I got to apologize to Glover Teixeira as well, man. He is <laughs> whooping ass in this third round. Fletcher's Geriatrics Unite. Oh, a couple of new people joining the, the broadcast here, surprisingly. A bunch of you found us somehow. Um, we're watching UFC Fight Night 171, Jacksonville, Florida. We're going into round four of the main event here. Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. Oh, man. After that one, I have round one for Smith, round two for Glover, and I got a 10-8 for Glover in round three. Uh, just dominant. Busted him up on the feet. Got him to the ground. And you can see when he first got rocked, he thought he got poked in the eye, but it looks like he just got punched. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a clean shot that put him down. Referee maybe could have stopped it here. Yeah, it looked like he was going to step in towards the end there, and I wouldn't have blamed him for that. Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, It looks like the, the doctor's in there taking a look at uh, the cuts on Anthony Smith's face, but I think they're going to let this go on. I'd be more concerned about his ear, man. If that bleeding's coming from the inside of his ear. All right, Gilberto just joining the chat. He wants to know who's winning. Well, Glover Teixeira's winning, man. We're just starting a fourth round now. Four minutes and 48 seconds. If you want to sync up with us. And Glover's just coming out, backing Anthony Smith right up. Just peppering him up against the cage. He's like, I'm still here, kid. Jason Herzog taking a close look at this one. He doesn't want to see Anthony Smith take too many more shots, even if he's able to stay on his feet. You know, I don't, I don't know if we'll have another standing stoppage here, but I, I don't think, uh, I don't think Jason would hesitate to do that. He's a really good referee. Yeah, dude. So, Gilberto, we we kind of have it for for to share right now, two rounds to one, and Christopher Mays. Uh, I agree with you. I think, um, I think Smith's looking. This could be the end right here. Yeah, he's he. You know, he looked a little bit more tired in that second round for sure. So I don't know if, you know, if the pandemic has affected how he's been able to train his cardio and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then remember, he's coming off of that hand injury. So he probably wasn't training regularly. And then after that, the pandemic, that'll fuck up your training. Um, but then also getting clubbed in the face by Glover Teixeira will fuck up your cardio too. Uh, Glover's on his back again. This is not looking good. Uh, it looks like he's got that choke in Smith is kind of posturing like he's like, he's wanting to find a way out right here. Um, he's still defending the choke for right now. He's got, uh, he's got Glover's hand trapped. He's got the two on one. He's doing everything right to defend. Glover's going across the face, across the nose, still smacking up those ears that are bleeding like crazy and making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. At first, it looked like it was the cauliflower, but now I'm not so sure, man. Because, like, the cauliflower is it also looks, covered in blood. So. It could be both. And like I said, if it's that cauliflower ear bleeding, man, Smith is just taking a beating here now. Herzog could, could stop this at any minute. I mean, it's a main event and, like, a top contender fight, so you want to let it go on, but, I mean... At some point, it's diminishing returns. 
Yeah, dude, that cut under Smith's eye is getting really bad now. If you're just joining the show, let us know where you're watching from and what you're drinking out there watching this main event. If you're even watching, if you're not, that's cool too. Um, Glover with an effortless takedown right yeah. here. Smith is just so exhausted. He just kind of – Glover just kind of like reached down for his legs and Smith was like, nah, I'll just lay down. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was like uh, those partners who were dead fish and just let you, you know, in training and they just go down for you. That's what that looked like. <laughs> yeah, like they're just drilling. He's <laughs> just drilling the takedown. Like, all right, you got it, bro. Glover dropping some elbows down. Glover's probably thinking, like, what the fuck do I have to do to get this guy out of here? He's throwing everything at him. Man. Glover is putting a beat down on Anthony Smith. I don't think anybody saw it going this way. Yeah, I definitely didn't, dude. But yeah, I, I, I said, you, you know, I was leaning towards Glover uh, on the podcast uh, on the last episode of the podcast we did, um, but I didn't think it would be dominant like this. This is this is really impressive from a forty-year-old Glover to share. Yeah, dude, he's making Anthony Smith look like a chump, dude. We got Christy joining the show from Omaha, Nebraska. Thanks for joining in, Christy. If you've never heard of the podcast before, you can uh, subscribe, jump on. We do this every week, MMA on the Rocks. We don't watch the fights live every week, but you know, maybe we will from now on. Maybe this could be a new thing. People seem to like it. We usually do a day after commentary. Glover just tying up the hands here now. Anthony Smith going into like a fetus posture right now. Yeah, Smith. He does not want to be in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the corner throws the towels or uh, if, if Anthony Smith just uh, doesn't get off the stool to come out for the fifth round. I really wouldn't be surprised. Having a hard time getting up. Corner trying to get the ice immediately on that right eye. Yeah, he he had a real and and you could just see all over his face getting up at the end of that round, dude. He he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. He's he's uh but you know, Anthony Smith has no quit in him, bro. This is a tough dude. I, I mean, if he could fight the way he did against the home invader uh, with his with his family at risk, like this is a far less scary situation than that. Uh, this is just fighting uh, exhaustion. It's not fighting like potential harm coming to your family. Uh, so if he could get through that, he can get through this. Um, if I'm the corner, man, I, I, I maybe don't send him out for the fifth round. Cause it, it, it's not looking good for him. Uh, th there's no use like taking any more of this punishment. And Glover is over there looking fresh, forty yeah. and fresh. Hashtag forty and fresh, man. Wow, he's looking like he's coming out for round two. Glover Teixeira, Christopher on the road tuning into the show. 
I guess you're a truck driver, Christopher. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, Chris, and thanks for thanks for being on the front lines, man. Yeah, and, man. Hey, hopefully you're transporting some uh, important supplies for people who need them. Right, we got uh, another uh, another drill type takedown, and Glover's back on top. Yeah, dude. I somebody needs to stop this man. Anthony Smith locking up a body triangle from the bottom. Um, that that's just a sign that he's hoping to get stood up here, but instead he's just taking elbows to the face. Jason Herzog's got to step in any minute here. Yeah, he, he looks like he's ready, man. Side control, right to mount. Easy mount transition for Glover. Dropping the bombs. Herzog stops it. Good good call. It, it looks like Glover feels bad. He had to do that to him. Yeah, dude. But what a sport for Glover to share, man. Helps him up. Yeah, man. It looks like Glover's talking to Dana White. I don't know what he's asking him about. Maybe he's maybe he's asking him where Fighters Island is. Maybe he's asking him where he bought that shirt. He's like, "Hey, Dana, where'd you get? Is that a is that Reebok?" Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Chris. Uh, Glover has always been a, a class act. Uh, Anthony Smith, it, he wasn't going to quit. Uh, he had plenty of opportunities to quit. He could have let Glover put that choke in. Um, you know, he could have tapped out to strikes. He could have quit on the stool. Um, he didn't, man. He went out on his shield, but at what cost? I mean, it could have, uh, Jeff, I'm hearing your audio come through. Yeah, I turned the volume back up. I wanted to uh, see what DC had to say on this, man. We're, we're going to get a letter from the UFC's uh, lawyers. Yeah, but we're not broadcasting it, so we're good. Gilberto <laughs> uh, says Smith was all heart in this. Sometimes you need more. Yeah, you need some old man strength. I was telling you, Jeff. And, and and Glover made adjustments because he was getting lit up in that first round. You know, S Smith was, was slipping that jab right through his guard. He was landing everything he wanted. And um, credit to Glover, man, just, just being a real veteran, really showed experience. He's got a really awkward back hug on Anthony Smith right there, trying to tell him good job. And he's just like spooning him, standing up. Uh, Mark says, after Randy Couture, where does this rank amongst old man UFC performances? Well, Mark, um, Glover still has another seven years to go before he lives up to Randy Couture. Because I think Randy had his last fight at 47. And uh, I think Dan Henderson was 45 or 46. Um, so I don't know. I'd put him... And then, uh, you know, DC's 40 now, too. So we got to see how he looks in his next outing. But I got to say, um, Glover's probably top five old man fighters of all time. Can we say that, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Glover made it look easy in there. Except for that first round. But it, if you if you started watching this fight in the second round, you would think, holy shit, this isn't even a fight. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, phenomenal performance from Glover. I'd say top five old man fighters of all time. You got you got Randy, and and the first like non wrestler because usually the wrestlers are the ones that can go like in well into their forties. You know. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, credit to Teixeira, man. Yeah, I, I'd say he's um. You know, depending how DC finishes his career. Yeah, it's got to be that. Randy, Henderson, DC, and then Glover. That's how it... Yeah, dude, because you have some of these fighters, man, who... You know, I, I hate to bring up BJ Penn because I think he's a legend, but who who don't know when to quit. And Glover Teixeira, you know, after this performance, I don't think he should, man. He looked great in there. <clears throat> <laughs> I gotta put Ryan's comment. He said you could tell Anthony's only sparring this camp was the dude that broke into his house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Uh uh and uh Mark says nice nice breakdown. Cheers. Well cheers to you in Australia, Mark. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who joined in. This was a good time. Um you know, we had a lot more people than I expected. We we don't get a lot of people uh, on the live broadcast. Usually our audience is, is mostly audio. You know, we do the day after breakdowns and everything like that. Um, I can't watch, so wait to watch this uh, post-fight interview with uh, Glover. And the guy standing behind Glover, by the way, just took his mask off so he could straighten his mustache. Nice. He did one of these, pulled the mask down. Straighten his mustache and then put the mask back on. Kind of defeats the purpose of wearing the mask, pal. Yeah, but they've been doing a good job of cleaning the cage in between fights. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, but he has gloves on too. Like, so whatever he touched with those gloves is on his face now. Oh, like lower to share his blood and sweat and stuff. <laughs> Gilberto and Mark want to see this uh, on Saturday night and and uh, every fight thereafter. And Mark's even going to go buy a fresh bottle. Well, I wish we could share a drink with you, Mark. Um, we can only do it uh, virtually. But cheers to everybody who tuned in and and uh, had a drink and, and hung out with us. Jeff, if you want to take a couple more minutes and uh, just look over the rest of this card from Saturday. Yeah, we can take a look. Let's see. We got... We're up to uh, Edson Barbosa and Dan EJ. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. And this is a, a last-minute replacement. Uh, it was supposed to be Barbosa against somebody else. Uh, and the name is escaping me right now. If anybody there remembers, uh, let us know in the comments. Um, but yeah, this is a fun fight. I think, uh, I think a very underrated fight. Uh, EJ is on a tear, man. Uh, win over Mashad Bektik in his last fight. Um, and, you know, Barbosa is always exciting, win or lose. Oh, yeah, dude. Barbosa brings it, dude. Um, I'm excited, Bill, for Eric Anders versus Christoph Jocko. I think that's going to be fireworks, dude. Yeah, yeah. Two guys who who are both really patient strikers. Um, so th that should be a fun one. They they don't like to go to the ground too much, so that'll be a fun fight for people who enjoy the the striking. And then we got Marlon Chito Vera and Yadong Song. I can't help but think of the thong song when I hear your dong song. 
<laughs> oh man. We got some heat for that one last time, Jeff. Yeah, but Bill, I mean, you know, we we crack jokes about his name and stuff, but Bill, he can he can throw down, man. He's a very exciting fighter. Oh, yeah. uh, I just wonder how, you know, if he's going to be able to, you know, logistically, you know, because I I don't know if he lives in China, but I know he fights out of there. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as as to how this will work logistically. You know, if, if is he going to run into any problems? You know, getting to the United States. Yeah. To um, fight. Well, I'm sure he's already here. I think because I know I saw Marlon Vera is already here getting tested in Jacksonville. I think they've got all the fighters here already. So. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to see all the precautions they're taking, man. Um, I mean, it, nothing's foolproof, but it seems like they're doing everything, you know, within their resources. Um, real quick, running down the rest of this card, Kevin Holland, Anthony Hernandez, and we got Matt Brown against, uh, Miguel Baeza. That's a really exciting fight Two really exciting, uh, fighters that, that go all out in there. And then we got uh, Giga Chikadze and Mike Davis, Courtney Casey and uh, Mara Barella, Darren Elkins and Nate Landwehr, and Dante Mays, who I believe came off of the Contender Series, is fighting Rodrigo Ferreira. Anything jump out at you there, Jeff? Oh, dude. Uh, Bill, I will always always tune in for a Darren Elkins fight. So I'm really excited for that one, man. Um, you know, his nickname is the damage. There's a reason for that. It's because he can take a lot of damage, but he can also dish it out. So I'm excited for that one. Bill, yeah. what, what are you looking forward to here? Yeah. I always like a Darren Elkins fight. Um, I think the sleeper fight on here might be uh Giga Chikadze and Mike Davis. Um, you, you know, Mike Davis is coming off that big knockout. Uh, over Thomas Gifford, um, Chikadze, a uh, really tough fighter from Georgia, undefeated in the UFC, 2-0. and um, You know, these Georgian fighters are uh, they're, they're coming to take over, Jeff. Yeah, they're made of some tough stuff, dude. Tough stuff. I don't know what they're putting in the water, Jeff, but it's got to be better than the water in Florida. Yeah, man, I've had that water from the Everglades, and uh doesn't taste good, Bill. <laughs> sure it doesn't. All right, kid, let's. Uh, we're at 2 minutes and 21 seconds here, longest podcast in a while. Uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in and, and stuck with us the whole time for our first ever remote uh, brawl crawl, we're calling it, um, for having a drink with us us watching the fights having some laughs having a good time hope everybody enjoyed it we're open to some feedback as always so if you want to get a hold of jeff you can easily do so he's at animal underscore wilson on twitter and instagram and uh most of you know how to get a hold of me it's at ma on the rocks twitter instagram facebook you can send me an email ma on the rocks gmail.com you can visit the website um we're new to the facebook live if you guys are are watching on facebook uh we've been on youtube for a while and uh, the audio podcast we've been doing almost four years now. Um, so thanks for everybody new who tuned in. Thanks for everybody who's been an old friend for tuning in. And that's all we got. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>